It's time for JT the Brick. How we doing? Baby, I'm great. JT, how are you doing? I'm not a journalist. I'm an opinionated sports talk host. We have a goal. We have ideas. We know exactly what we want to do here. Just win, baby. The Raiders' schedule is brutal. It's a second-place schedule that's front-loaded heavy and back-loaded heavy. The fans of the Raider Nation. Sound off like you got a pair. JT the Brick. I'm talking about the notorious ones, the out-of-control fans, the passionate fans. All of you fans are invited to be a part of the show. I'd like you to come in big and come in with a purpose. And that's it. Use the phone like a weapon. Enjoy everything we do, and please always feel welcome to call in and to tweet and to be a part of the show. Fair enough? And now, here's JT the Brick. Out of the gate, JT with you. The aftermath on a Monday. Right here on Raider Nation Radio, the flagship of the Raiders, brought to you by Golden Entertainment, the proud owners of the Stratosphere, that iconic, iconic property on the Strip, plus 64 taverns in southern Nevada. Head on out to BT's for the best happy hour in town, 5 to 7, midnight to 2. PT's fuels the monologue after a win or a loss, and there hasn't been a win this year. As I sit here today on a Monday, I am absolutely in shock that the Raiders don't have a win. I think I know why they don't have a win, and well, that's really the show until they get a win, but I have an idea. I was there in Nashville. I was in the locker room. I was in the broadcast booth. I was at the facility with the GM and the coach. I think I got a pretty good understanding of what's going on, but who the hell cares? As Bill Parcell says, You're only as good as your record is. And this is an 0-3 team. And when you take a look at it, even if you're not a Raider fan or you're a pessimist or you're an anti-Raider fan, there's not anybody on God's green earth that would have told you to start this season off. There'd be one team in the NFL, one team in the NFL uh, that doesn't have a victory or a tie, a tie, and it would be the Las Vegas Raiders that they're the only team stuck on a goose egg. I am shocked by that. And I think I understand why what's happening here. I mean, the glasses half full people make a lot of sense, but they get drowned out. They get drowned out at the enemy at the gate. The people at the gates with the pitchforks and the torches, they're the loudest and they make up. But luckily, they're only a small percentage, but they're the loudest. Reasonable fans get pushed to the back of the room. They're reasonable. They're sitting down over a coffee or a beer. They're talking. They're trying to figure out, hey, what's going on? You know, this team is a fumble and a drop touchdown away from being 2-1. and one. Fact. But no one cares about that. I repeat, this team is a fumble from Hunter Renfro and a couple of drops from Darren Waller away from being 2-1. and one. They are playing so much better than Denver that looks like a grease fire. I mean, Denver just stinks, and they're 2-1. and one. They're 2-1. and one. So today I talked to a journalist. I talked to my conciliary, Rita Mort. I talked to a Hall of Famer. I just got everybody else's uh, opinion on this because, as always, I'm inside the bubble, and at times being inside the bubble, that's open to criticism. You know, there are some Raider fans that think I should be on the outskirts of the parking lot with, you know, fire everybody with a flag. They think I should be that guy, right? That's some of the lunatics I deal with. And there are other people that realize what I have to do is just run radio shows and get people on the radio, guests, coaches, players, try to keep everything together on the radio. I'm not, I'm not a coach. I'm not a player. I've never lost the game or won a game and try to run a fast-paced radio show. So this one's really, this one hurts even more so than some other rough seasons Because I think I know and you know how good this team could be. 
They are snake bit. They have bad luck. And it's amazing because everybody talks about luck be a lady. Everybody in Vegas has a song about good luck or bad luck. And I've never seen a team in a long time that could have this much bad luck. The term is snake bit. Two of those three people today use the term snake bit. The team just is folding one, two, three times in a critical game where they could easily win the game. I'm talking easily win the game. Not, hey, man, we got to pray that the field goal goes through. Two out of the three games this year, the Raiders should have easily won. Against the Titans, they were the better team, better roster. And against Arizona, they blew them out, and then they fell apart. And then the Charger game, they had the ball late with an opportunity to win the game. And the Chargers are a train wreck, too. By the way, the Chargers have injuries. They let Justin Herbert play when he should have been benched because he's hurt. They didn't even protect their franchise quarterback. They're a disaster. And Kansas City lost as I was on the plane with the team coming back from Nashville. And I looked at my boss and said, give me that score. And he's like, well, the Niners are up. I think it was 10 to 5. I'm like, well, one good thing could happen. The whole entire AFC West could lose. That would be okay. And Denver ended up winning. So as you know me, if you've met me live, if you've had a Modelo with me, if you've listened over the years on the radio for 20 minutes or 20 years, well, I like to just do my job, and it's not going to be right for everybody. Not, I'm not here to get 100% of the people to like me. I hope people respect the job I do. If 100% don't, that's not a big deal. All I want to do is just get through this. And there's one new rule. So I don't have any rules, but I have a rule today, which I ran by my wife. We will not mention the playoffs until they win a game. If you're thinking about telling me about 0-3 teams or what it takes to win the wild card, I will hang up on you before you could get a word out of your mouth. I don't want anybody to talk about playoffs. How do you make the playoffs? How do you win a wild card? No. My show, my rule, there will be zero playoff talk. None. It's about getting one win. That's all I give a crap about is how to win a game. And we're going to do that. We're going to recap this game. We call it the aftermath on a Monday. And then Tuesday, Wednesday, uh, Thursday, we're going to get through the Broncos, and we're going to preview the Broncos, and then we're going to see what happens on Sunday at the torch with Eric Allen. And we'll do our best. I will give you everything I have, every ounce of energy I have, because I'm not a doctor. I'm not a a police officer. I'm not in the military. I just do a, a radio show. And my goal is to be at my best and have energy to give you everything I have. And we'll do that until they get a win. So in conclusion, the team is on a streak of bad luck like epic proportion. I mean, again, Waller's going to drop two touchdowns. How, when is that going to happen? Come on. Darren Waller's a hell of a player. Balls are just bouncing off his hands and he's not making plays and they're not winning games. I care about the Darren Waller who's hosting his foundation tonight and giving back to this community. He's a great person, man. He's like a 10 out of 10 when it comes to being a great guy. Had a tough game yesterday. Hunter Renfro put the ball on the ground, scoop and score for Arizona. He's a really good player. He got concussed on that play. We hope for his health for him to come back. And all the other issues here. Derek Carr, I know Derek Carr is a good player. Look at the throws down the stretch that he made to put the Raiders in a position to tie the game. He came up short again. Fans are all over him. And then I want to get to the coach. Josh McDaniels has been a hell of a football coach his entire life. But he hasn't been a great head coach. And he's open. He's opened himself up to criticism. He has. I think from being in the building and seeing his plan 
as one person told me today, there's two trains. Okay, imagine you're sitting on a train track. I grew up in New York and there's trains going by. There's two trains. One train is about coming off a playoff year last year and getting that train to make the playoffs again. The other train on the other track is kind of a complete football reorg with Dave Ziegler to try to get this to be a, a train that never comes off the track. A train that if you start winning and it becomes contagious, kind of like the Patriot way, and you start winning, you're winning for six, seven years in a row. Like the Baltimore Ravens, who every year they're in the playoffs with John Harbaugh. Why? Because their organizational structure from the top to the bottom is just better than other teams. Green Bay Packers, right? They have that type of infrastructure. We've talked about the success Andy Reid's had. So they're trying to get the organization, and they were brought in for all the right reasons to do that. And they're doing it with the way they condition, the way they practice, the way they're doing things. But they're running into some bad luck on games. Guys are dropping balls. Guys are having penalties that bring back a first and goal at the two and bring it all the way back. And again, the coach needs to take the heat on that because you are what your record is, as Bill Parcell said. And Josh McDaniels 0-3 and dating back to Denver as a head coach. It was a rocky ending there. But, man, the guys coached more sessions, more film studies, more practices, more playoff practices than anybody who's ever walked the planet other than Bill Belichick. He's number two. So he's got the experience to do this, and a lot of people in the building that I talk to believe in his plan. They do. They like the plan here. It's just that the Raiders should be two and one, or I'd take one and two, would you? I mean, stand up and clap if you take one and two right now going into Denver to get to two and two. And it's just not happening. Because everything that could go wrong is going wrong. And that's hard to see in sports. You know, I'm a Yankee fan. My wife calls me Cranky Yankee. I think they should win every game. And when in August they, were, they lost like almost every game, the pitchers couldn't get out of the fifth inning. Judge was striking out. Stanton's hurt. You know, nothing can happen. They can't win a game. And you're like, well, the Yankees are going to make the playoffs, right? They're really good. But they were going through a bad streak. The Raiders are going through a horrific bad luck streak. One more catch, one more tackle, one more stop fourth down conversion, and they're two and one, and everybody's quiet, and everybody's cool, and everybody's happy, and there's no problem in the world. Oh, and three, deliver sky is falling. And I get it. I've been doing this 26 years, been there. So we'll see. We'll see who the fans are who can stomach this. We'll see who the fans are who will lead the Raider on Raider crime and just try to destroy it and take all their energy and make it super negative. And they have the right to do it. Remember, the radio show has no rules other than don't say playoffs. Anything you want to criticize, oh, another rule, you have to have respect. Don't make it personal. You can rip the coach. You can rip the tight end. You can rip the quarterback. Do not make it personal with the owner and all that. That's always been a common thread of the show. And then, you know, just exercise your demons with me today. A couple other points I want to get to before we get to the sound bites of the game and talk about what happened in that game. Nashville's a hell of a town. Holy cow. Oh, my God, what they've done over there. If you were there in Nashville and you could see the way they built Broadway all the way down to the bridge that walks into Nissan Stadium, your head just pops. I, the first thing that came to my mind is, you know, Vegas can't do that because we have the strip. We have the strip. But if you had what Nashville has around Allegiant Stadium, off Polaris, off Russell, if you had what they had in Nashville, holy cow. I've never, I haven't been there in 20 years. I haven't been there since the Gannon years. I haven't been back the last couple of trips. 
I've never seen a bar. I've never saw bars where you walk in on the low level, street level, there's a band. You take the stairs up to floor two, there's a band, different band. You go to the third floor at Kid Rocks, there's a third band. And then you go, wait a second, there's a rooftop bar. Let's go to the roof. You go to the rooftop, there's a band. There's four bands in one place. I've never seen as many musicians performing as we were going from Tootsie's to Kid Rocks to Jason Aldean's, and you're walking in a sea of silver and black, Raider fans everywhere. You're walking from one bar to the next, and you just look over through windows, and there's a drummer, there's a guitar player, a singer, a female singer. It's incredible, and it all bleeds down into the football stadium. So someday, I I don't know what the plan is, but I'll find out what they're going to do and how they're going to develop around Allegiant Stadium to make it a Raider haven for Raider fans to have a place right on the footprint of the stadium is going to be fun to see because I know they got the right people to do that. But Nashville, bravo. I mean, any fan, I always say go to, go to Lambeau Field first. Go to Lambeau first. And then after that, I move Nashville maybe to second. Really do. I mean, so far, it's a dump in Inglewood. Nothing against, I lived in L.A. 10 years. I didn't spend a lot of time in Inglewood. You can't build what they did in Nashville and Inglewood. No one would go. But you can do that in Vegas. So Nashville did a great job. Great to see so many Raider fans. I had my wife with me, friends I grew up with from New York. A lot of Raider fans here who made the trip. A lot of Raider staff. A lot of Raider staff made the trip. So it was good to see some people I work with who are out there on Broadway having a good time. But it was a rough flight home. It was a tough flight home, pretty quiet. As I was in the locker room, I did about 20 minutes of the postgame show thanks to Q who took over the post-game show at the end. Really appreciate that. He did a great job. And then I got to the locker room after the game and talked to Max Crosby for about a minute. He's so upbeat. You know, he's a leader. He knows what's going on. And then uh, talking to some other players and some, you know, talked to Kenny Albert, who called the game from Fox. And look, everybody thinks the same thing. The Raiders don't know how to win yet. And they should because the GM and the coach came from a winning, the winningest organization of the last 20 years. Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniel were on pretty much every flight, the majority of their flights, home or victories. The buses, the police escorts, the food, the movie. They get on planes and they win. And then they get off the plane and then they prepare for the next opponent and win that game. That's not happening here. I believe in Dave Ziegler, Josh McDaniels. I believe in their plan, which right now is under tremendous scrutiny. Now, for the other uh, facts of the game that are really disappointing to me, I mentioned Waller. Waller dropping a couple of balls, not extending on another one to leave his feet and die, and uh, dive and extend a drive. Uh, some of the offensive line plays were a little bit worrisome. I really think a lot of this had to go back. They, they had reportedly a practice that didn't go well on Wednesday. A couple of offensive linemen were benched, benched in this game. Okay, John Simpson did not start. Lester Cotton Sr., they did not elevate their ability to practice well enough and practice at a high enough level so other people were given the opportunity to play in their place. Bravo. Do you get that's what these guys are doing? They have a system for grading the game and the practices. If you don't have a great practice, you're not going to play. But mostly in the NFL... Most NFL teams have their five offensive linemen set, and if they have a bad practice, they're not going to get benched or they're not going to sit out the first half. This organization, they're going to do that because they don't have their five offensive linemen this year. And a quick wake-up call for the entire Raider Nation, that's not going to happen this year. 
and you know it, and I just said it, they don't have this offensive line set because of the money they spent on the Stars to retain them and the availability of other players that they just didn't like and wanted to overpay. And they didn't have a first and second round draft pick, and they took Dylan Parnham in the third round, and he's a really good player. He can play center, and he will start at one of the guards when we see the starting center come back. So I thought they hit that player pretty good. But it's an offensive line that's a work in progress. We all know that. Uh, the quarterback. You know, Derek can put up 300 yards blindfolded. Eric made, Derek made a couple of throws to Hollins. Hollins had a monster game. A couple of big catches. The ball was there. Tough read for Hollins, who had to go find it. But it was a gorgeous, daisy-cutter bomb that fell right into Hollins, who made a spectacular gymnastics catch. And the ball that hit Waller in the hands into the face mask, right on target. Uh, the ball that Devontae and Waller were in the same area, hit Darren right in the hands. He makes that catch nine out of ten times. Not eight out of ten times. Nine out of ten, he dropped it. So all that coming together, Raiders win the game. The real big criticism that I want to put into this monologue before we get out to your phone calls at 702-365-9200 is the defense. So let me rant on this for a moment. They have not been prepared to play. They, have, they were not prepared. You know, the Charger game, they were down 17-3. to They made adjustments. Patrick Graham's defense did a good job. They kept them in the game. In Tennessee, they got boat raced early. They made all the adjustments in the second half. That's coaching. They made the adjustments, had a chance to tie the game, maybe win the game. But this defense, so many times in critical spots, are, is dead on arrival. There were guys running 10 yards free in Tennessee. I'm in, the, I'm in the crowd. I'm watching no-name guys you've never heard of running, cutting through the middle of the field, and there's no one for 10 or 15 yards. I'm talking 10 yards. There's no one there. They played this soft zone. I don't know what they categorize it. I don't know the title of this zone, but it's as soft as hell until they fix it, and then they were able to fix it. They, they, they're able to change the shell coverage and what they're going to do. I think the death of this team so far, which they could turn around, 0-3 is the spine of the defense. You have the spine in the middle of your back, right? Follow me. The spine of the defense is Denzel Perryman, Pro Bowl, or tackling machine, and Trayvon Merrick, really good young center fielder. Those two guys have missed two out of three games, and the Raiders have been just gorged and taken out down the middle of the field. I don't recall a time, maybe after Greg Beekert left, up until now, where I saw the middle of the field that open. I mean, I'm sitting in the stands going, you got to be kidding me. Where is anybody? This is Ryan Tannehill. So they opened up the game with Derek Henry, and then they opened up the game with Ryan Tannehill. After losing to Arizona on a second-half collapse defensively, and they got nothing. They got nothing. First play of the game, Max gets a stop behind the line of scrimmage. He does the condor. We're like, here we go. And then they just play pitch and catch in 15-yard chunks. Nobody's anywhere. Nobody can tackle. No one can give the team a chance to win. That was concerning for me. Something happened where they were not prepared for Tennessee. So Tennessee was embarrassed, humiliated in Buffalo the Las Vegas Raiders come to town, play some type of soft defense, whatever they were doing, and Tennessee's looking around going, are you kidding me? Three drives, three touchdowns, they can't stop us. How does that happen? 
blame it on the coaches. Or blame it on the players. Blame it on the players. Chandler Jones, where is he? I don't know. He's starting to look like a boxer who doesn't have his legs. Maybe he can get his legs back. He doesn't have them now. How many times are we going to talk about, let's play the first highlight. Let's talk about Jonathan Abram and his performance here on the defense here. Let's open it up with Tennessee scoring on their first drive. Third and one for the Titans on the Raiders, two. Westbrook Akine in motion right to left. Tannehill out of the gun with Henry on his right. Play action to Henry. Dumps it near corner. Caught in the end zone. The tight end, Jeff Swaim, snuck out to release the cannons. And the Titans on the board first with a two-yard pass. I can talk about, and Jason Horowitz compass on all the calls, I can talk about that play, that one play, for 10 hours without a commercial. Jonathan Abram was lined up at left defensive end. He was outside of Max Crosby. Look at the tape. I did. Max Crosby's the edge rusher. Jonathan Abrams on the other side of him. Doing what? So the tight end released because the safety let him go. How was that coached up? Jonathan Abram is a liability in the passing game. We all know that. He can't cover. He can't cover tight ends. We know that with Kelsey and the other tight ends. Why isn't he back sitting at the two-yard line? Just You don't have to have him in the back of the end zone. Just have him at the goal line trying to pick up the tight end, trying to pick up Henry if it's a delayed handoff, whatever you're going to do. And he was in no man's land. <laughs> Let's the tight end go. Tight end's wide open. What is that? Like, that's not where you put Jonathan Abram in a game. That's not where you line him up next to Max Crosby thinking he's going to do what? So that really bothered me at that point in the game. But the Raiders kind of settled down, and Carr got going. He fed this ball to Devontae, who was covered. Hey, big topic today. Throw it to Devontae when he's covered, and Devontae made this great play. Different set here on first and goal from the six. Adams, Hollins back on the field. Adams in the slot to the right. Shotgun to Carr. Settles in to the back of the end zone. Devontae turns around. Touchdown, Raiders! Devontae Adams for the third straight week grabs it in the end zone. Beautiful spinning catch on a six-yard hookup with Derek Carr. And the Raiders back in it. Yeah, the Raiders were right back in the game. Stabilized the game right there. But then Tannehill had a touchdown. You throw in a field goal here. Look, here's, here's Henry. Let's get Henry going in this game. If you would have told me that Derek Henry wouldn't have over 100 yards... In the game, he had 20 carries for 85 yards and a touchdown. I say the Raiders win that game, game all day. 24 of his yards, 24 was his longest. You take out that run, they bottlenecked him, but it was only a matter of time until Henry scored. This feels all like Derrick Henry. Now play action again. Could be. They did that on their touchdown of two yards out. Nope, this time it is to Henry. Over the left side, dives forward, touchdown Titans. Derrick Henry has been a force through the air here in the opening half, and he just scored a touchdown yet again. Yeah, that's a good point by Jason Horowitz. Uh, Derrick Henry, five receptions, 58 yards. Long catch was 23 there. Then I thought this really could be the moment where the Raiders lost the game. It showed up because they lost by two. Tennessee getting this field goal. Really, here at the end, when the Raiders had an opportunity to score at the end of the half, this you know there were some definite plays in this game. 
that you looked at and said, man, if the Raiders just could move the chains a little bit more, not give Tennessee a chance to get another field goal in here, because that all adds up, this was the difference in the game. Carlson lines up for what will be a 32-yard field goal just inside the left hash. Let's play the right cut, please, 39. This is the cut that I think, when you do the math, killed the Raiders. I apologize, everyone. We'll get that fixed here in a moment. You got it, Bobby? Play it, please. This one, no timeout. Good snap. The hold is there. He boots it well through the uprights, and the Titans will run off the field with a 24-10 lead over the Raiders. Offensively, Tennessee with 275 yards in the first half, more than double of Las Vegas. But the Raiders will get the ball to start the third quarter. They ended up with 24 points. They were shut out in the second half. Tennessee did not score a point in the second half. That field goal ended the half because the Raiders mismanaged the end of the half and couldn't get anything going with Devontae Adams, Darren Waller, Max Hollins, and a great, you know, Josh Jacobs. I wouldn't say I'll take that back. He's not a great running back, but good enough that the Raiders could have got a field goal there, and that happens there. So that's where we're at on that. I got a bunch of more sound bites to play. We're backed up here. I want to get to your phone calls on all that. We're going to play Josh McDaniel's press conference at 1 o'clock. We'll play a majority of it. We'll do that. Uh, we'll talk to Harry Ruiz, the Latino voice, Mark Anderson in the second hour of the show. Uh, Bobby says we have full phone lines. I'll get to everybody on the other side. I call this show the aftermath. It could be positive when the Raiders win. Again, I'm shocked that the Raiders are 0-3. They deserve it. That's their record. They played poorly. But, man, a couple of more just stats to let this sink in. Josh Dubow from the AP writes, the Raiders are the third team since the merger to start 0-3 against teams that had no other wins in their first three games. That includes the 1989 Cowboys and the 2012 Saints. Uh, Hollins had eight receptions, 158 yards. Carr throws for 303. The Raiders outplayed all three of their opponents in the first half of each game, outscoring, outscoring the Cardinals, Chargers, and Titans 48 to seven in halves so far this year. The Raiders outplayed all three of their opponents in one half. Of each game, outscoring them 48-7. to And they're 0-3. That's never happened before. Never happened. It's happening this year. And finally, the Broncos are the only NFL team in the last 30 years to win a game despite having at least eight more three-and-outs than their opponent. The Broncos had nine three-and-outs and the 49ers had one and Denver won a football game. Wouldn't that be nice if the Raiders had that break and took advantage of it, and they haven't taken advantage of it. The monologue brought to you by Remy Martin, Team Up for Excellence. Remy Martin with the botanist gin. Good time to have a few of those until the Raiders catch their first win. Remy Martin, Team Up for Excellence. As we continue here, we'll get to all the phone calls coming up. We'll get to Harry Ruiz. We'll get to Mark Anderson. And we'll play some of Josh McDaniel's press conference from today and some locker room sound from yesterday on Raider Nation Radio.
just the overall feeling of losing is what breaks my heart, you know. I've seen what it takes to win at this level, and I, I see what our coaches are saying every week, and I believe in what we're doing, you know, but we don't have the results yet. That's always hard, so you just got to keep reminding the young guys they don't know any better either. Trust me, like, if, we just, if you just do it the way they're saying, you do it the right way, when, it, when you show up on Sunday, it'll get done. That's Derek Carr coming off the loss in Nashville. JT back with you. Uh, Virgin Hotels, I'll be there on Friday for my monthly podcast from 4 to 6 in the main lobby. Come on by. I'll buy you a Modelo. Come see me 4 to 6 p.m. Friday at Virgin Hotels as we continue here. And for Derek Carr, he hates losing. He's lost a lot of games since he's been the head coach. Uh, excuse me, the, uh, the quarterback of the team. There's been games he could have won. There's been games he rallied the team back for wins. But it's been tough sledding when it comes to wins and losses here in this game. I thought Derek... Again, wasn't the reason they lost the game. I think this is one of the times you can look at the drops from Darren Waller where Derek made good throws that could have won the game. And I think Darren will bounce back from that too. But, you know, Darren Waller is going to get some criticism for this game, everybody. He just got paid. He's a great guy. He's got his foundation award dinner tonight. He does a lot of good things. But you get paid that type of money, you're accountable when you have a couple of drops in a game. And I'm sure he'll be that. And everybody's accountable. Hunter Renfro on the fumble. It's rare that that happens. There's been something every three games. All three games, there's been something out of character with this team. Out of character with this team that they got to clean up. And they're trying to clean it up. It's just that it's snowballing against them and they need the snowball to stop. Uh, Reggie in North Las Vegas. Start us off, Reggie. How are you? What's going on, JT? Man, I, I wish I had went to Nashville. It was two games I thought I was going to get to go to uh, outside of Vegas. Nashville and New Orleans. And those two places, are the I, I get Green Bay because of the history, but Nashville and New Orleans, man, it's it's serious party like here in Vegas. Mm. But anyway, man, remember last year, I, I called in week three. After week three, we were 3-0. and Everybody was on the high hills talking crazy. Now we owe it three, and it's time to give up. It is not time to give up. There's still hope. I'm, I'm going to be honest. My thing is I just lost. I'm not as high on the expectations, right? I, I was hoping we could come out and get two of the first three. But then the whole thing to me is the team just does not execute a full four-quarter game. And I – it's ridiculous because they do so well when they get it together, mm-hmm. and especially the defense. The defense shut Derrick Henry down, but I knew the two injuries that I knew was going to make a difference in this game. When Renfro went down, I I put on Twitter that I guarantee you Mac Hollins is going to have a good game, right, and he did. he did. He did. He played great. When uh, Perryman went down and wasn't going to play, I said Derrick Henry is going to have a good game. Because our problem with running backs coming through the middle on us, we've had that problem a lot. And Perryman is like our main anchor to stop those runs. But then on top of it, man, too many red zone uh, duds. We, mm-hmm. we can't get down to the red zone, man, and have those penalties that put us back and we yeah. end up settling for what my boy Fabian called the minus four. I, I can't stand that. So 
I know I had a whole bunch more to say, man, but good, I'm not giving up. I'm having a little bit of fun with it because I feel like I'm having winless withdrawal right now, man. we got to get a win. Yep. As soon as we break even, we get 3-3 three, three, or we whatever it is, we start winning, the, the tone is going to change. But everybody likes to kick a man when he's down, and mm. while the Raiders is down, everybody yep. in the world want to come and step no on. No doubt. Thanks, Let's Reggie. Go Raider Nation. Black Hole family, stand up. Raider Nation, stand up. Hey, I will see you Friday. Guarantee it. God willing, I will be okay. there Friday, and we'll tip a Modelo together, my brother. You got brother. it, Reggie. I'll have be one waiting for you. Thank you, man. Appreciate the call. You know, there'll be some optim- You know, some fans with optimism. We know that. And there's a lot of fans that are encouraged here. But we're not talking three and three. I'm not allowing it. We're not talking four and three. No, we're talking beat Denver. That's it. Denver's, Denver's been awful. I cannot believe they have two wins. It's shocking to me. I mean, I'm blown away that the Raiders don't have a win. They're the only team that has an offer there, doesn't have a tie, and, and lost all three games. But Denver's been garbage. Oh, they've been so bad, and they're, they got two wins. They'll figure it out. They're going to figure it out eventually with Russell Wilson. They're very fortunate. It's a, it's a good example of good luck compared to bad luck. Execution when they had to. I mean, Denver, they, they were booing Denver. Their fans at Mile High were booing the team. Booing the team into the fourth quarter. And they ended up winning that game over Jimmy G. Incredible. Allen in Vegas. Allen, thanks for waiting. Go ahead. Hey, JP. I'll try some of the optimism, too. Listen, I don't mind that the Raiders are 0-3. The Chargers are one missed field goal and boy blender from making the playoffs last season. Titans, Cardinals both made the playoffs last season. These are competitive, tough teams. It's fine. It's just it's how we're losing and how we're playing these games that I have a problem with. Um, I saw a clip late third quarter or maybe early fourth where the sidelines, I didn't see any of the coaches with the offensive players or offensive players with the coaches. And if I'm Josh McDaniels or Mick Lombardi or somebody, I would want to just sit with my players and just ask, okay, what are you guys seeing that maybe we can change up or what or what can I call differently or what can I do something? Because obviously it's not working. 22 to 24, no, really it was 16 to 24. And this team has a tough time scoring right now. And if I'm Josh McDaniels, I would not be saying we need to learn how to win or we need to figure it out. Because this team went to the playoffs last season with four dumpster fires and one unfortunate death that team attends for. These players know how to win. And Josh McDaniels, of course, he knows how to win. He, he came from New England. But for him as a head coach, he needs to put it on him and say, hey, listen, I need to do a better job. I need to call the plays differently. I need to resonate my message differently with these players right. because there is a lack of cohesion amongst all 53 and the coaching staff. This yeah. team is yeah, let me jump in. I got. I want everyone to wrap it up. We got so many people we got to get to. I appreciate your call. And there's, there's a lot to that. I'm a big body language guy. I've always been a big fan of that because I'm a fan. I'm just a fan like you are. I'm a big body language guy. And two games ago, Tom Brady broke and threw down a Microsoft tablet. Threw one down. You saw it all over, right? Tom Brady took the tablet and threw it down in a victory. In a victory. He's the GOAT. I don't see a lot of emotion I don't see a lot of emotion on the bench. I don't. I don't see a lot of guys up standing on the sidelines. I don't. I was there. I was behind the Raider bench. I was looking for that. Uh, Simpson and Cotton Sr. were standing because of the fact that they weren't playing, which I thought was important. They knew there were eyeballs on them, and they were standing up in there. They were standing together. 
Yeah, and I'd like to see a little bit more emotion here and there. But, you know, other guys, some guys don't show a lot of emotion. You know, I'd like to see, is there a coach that can get in Chandler Jones's face? I don't need to. Chandler Jones is a borderline Hall of Famer. A coach is not going to grab his face mask and say, where are you? He's a pros. They know what they're doing and not doing. They'll get it fixed. They have to watch the tape. They're watching the tape today. They're getting called out on everything. But the one thing that I want to say before I get to Chris in West Oakland is this. People now come up to me who don't know me or just know of me and hear me on the radio, and they say, JT, you're always screaming about the clock. You're always screaming about the clock going down to two seconds when it comes to the, to the play call. You're, you're always screaming about the delay of game. How could you take a delay a game? I am completely disgusted on that topic. I cannot believe that the Raiders' communication from the top of the stadium all the way to the quarterback's ear can't get the play in instantly correctly and the quarterback runs the play. So follow me here. There are two bleeping options. First down, run off to the right side, four yards. It's now third and six. Instantly, where is that ball? It's on the right or left hash. It's third and six. Boom, the greatest play caller of the modern era gets the play in. The quarterback runs the play. He just gets to the line of scrimmage and gets in the shotgun and runs the play. There's 18 seconds left on the play clock because this team needs every bleeping second they need in the fourth quarter. They run out of time in every game. It's either overtime or the game ends in the fourth quarter or they win with no time left. So, The clock means everything. And going back to John Gruden and Greg Olson and going now to this regime, they can't get the play in. So the quarterback has, see, the quarterback is the final, he's the final guy on this. He could look to the, he could look to the line of scrimmage and go, where's the play? Or not like the play. And he goes and looks at the defense. Kill, kill, kill. Run the play. But the problem with this team is they kill, kill, kill. They talk about it, and then the play clock goes six, five, four, three. And then the other team's looking at the play clock because it's right over Derek's shoulder, and they explode. Am I wrong with that? I'm not wrong with that. Call the play that you ran in freaking practice all week. Run the play. And if you don't run the play, run another play that you think is the second best play but God blank and run it. Run the play and run it with 17 seconds left on the play clock unless you're up by 10 and you're trying to kill the clock. This is high school stuff. There's a play clock. There's a game clock. Manage the clock. These are wizards when it comes to plays. Derek has been told, I've been told by people, Derek is one of the best at the line of scrimmage. I've seen it. Josh McDaniels, one of the best play callers ever. Six Super Bowls with the GOAT, and he set up a lot of those plays. Believe me, they were his plays, not Brady's, but Brady changed the play and was great. Just run the play, guys. You're out in Henderson. Run the play you ran in Henderson. If it doesn't work, get back to the huddle because the clock stopped anyway. But this taking 29 seconds off the play clock in a game that you're losing Chris in West Oakland, we talked about this last night. Where's the sense of urgency, Chris? JT, we talked about this for a while. It's pace. We talked about this yesterday. The Raiders are down two scores with under five minutes to go. They're holding up and huddling up, coming out of the huddle like they've got a 10-point lead. I just don't get it. 
the last three or four years, no team has scored more points at the end of a half of the game than the Raiders. You know what that shows me? Derek Carr is at his best when he's running the game from the line of scrimmage and they're playing with pace. I believe a big part of this problem is the play's taking too long to get in because Derek's not calling his own play, so he has to wait for the play to get in. But you're right. They've got to play with some kind of pace. And, and again, we'll argue and disagree about keep calling McDaniels the greatest play caller. Again, he's, you've got to judge him with a, different stroke, with a different brush because he played with Tom Brady. He's got to prove to me he can do it without Tom Brady. And, again, I'm, I don't want to get into the ridiculousness of him being fired after three games. I'm not going there with that. But I'm with you about the body language. Say what you want about Rich Bisaccia. Maybe he wasn't the offensive whiz, but the players clearly rallied around him, and I'm not seeing a fire this year that I saw before. But I'm going to be quick, JT. I know you got other people. Let's just go a couple of quick points. Number one, offensive line. Played well, except the killer penalties in the red zone. After the interception, Carr rolled out and made a great play. It's going to be first and goal at the two. Instead, there's a holding penalty on Colton Miller. Picked up another false start on third and three earlier um, Earlier in the quarter. They ended up settling for a field goal one and a punt on the other. You can't miss it. They continually miss opportunities. But where I'm going to go, number one, is on the defense. Yes, they've had good halves. But in the halves the defense have had, the Chargers quit throwing the ball and the Titans quit throwing the ball yesterday and kind of sat on the ball most of the second half. This defense is still sh- hasn't showed me they can win a game and go out. What the Broncos did last night, the Raiders' defense isn't capable of carrying a game like that for four quarters. So we've got to play with a little more urgency on offense. Go some no huddle. But the, the real reason I'm calling it AJT, and we talked about it last night, Darren Waller, love the guy. He's been great. But right now, Foster Moreau's outplaying him. And you talk about body language and effort. Even Jonathan Vilma said on the one ball up the right left sideline yesterday, he barely stuck his right hand out and never got his left hand up. The announcer said, that's just poor effort. You've got to have more out of that. And he dropped two touchdowns right in his hands, right through his hands. Darren Waller, I love you, and I'm not pinning the game on you, but if you catch those two balls, the Raiders win. You just got a bag full of money. I don't think as a fan I, I, that, that I'm asking too much for you to catch two footballs that you get both of your freaking hands on. Catch the ball, and I don't want to hear it's a tough catch. Good teams make tough plays. Bad teams say, oh, well, you know what, that's a tough play. But literally both of these balls were right between his hands. It's inexcusable that he dropped one of them, let alone both of them. That being said, we can't worry about the rest of the season. They got one goal. We've got to beat Denver on Sunday, get off the schneid, and then worry about that. This team's got to have a victory, and I hope Josh McDaniels has the type of personality to get the team to rally around him because this team needs something. Something's missing right now, JT. It's above my pay grade. But something's definitely missing from last year to this year. Thank you, my friend. I'll talk to you later. Yeah, and, and that's what we're doing. We're trying to figure out what's missing here. I think it's a roster issue. I, I, I don't think they have an offensive line. They don't have an offensive line that's consistent. They come into every game wondering who's going to play on the offensive line. And that's something that I've talked to Dave Ziegler about. And I think they're trying to clean that up. And they, they brought in some players to have an opportunity to play them and start them over others who aren't practicing well. And they did that. And they just did that. So they're trying to do that. Uh, I would think that the Raiders. I would think that the Raiders would rally because of Devontae. I'll get to Devontae next hour. He's pissed off. I saw his body language in the locker room. He is not happy, and that could be a good thing. 
Because that guy, people have their eyes on every second he walks in that building. And Devontae is starting, and he always speaks up. But now he's speaking in a different tone. We'll get to that. sense a different like sense of urgency or, or aggressiveness from Derrick Henry running the football today? I mean, I think that's just what we expect. You know, Ryan did a nice job of getting them the football when they got out of there, um, and, and Derrick was able to secure it, turn, and, and, and pick up some nice yardage. And, you know, when we were able to check it down to him, you know, I thought he ran hard. I thought he ran with a purpose. And that's what the expectations are for, for us uh, with Derrick and Derrick for himself. I know that. You know, he, he wants to be that type of player. Mike Vrabel, head coach of Tennessee, talking about a play where they dumped it down to Derrick Henry. He bobbled the football, had a security. He turns Jonathan Abram, misses him. Ole Matador misses him in the open field, and he gets upfield for a big game. The missed tackling and players not being lined up at the right spot or not making plays when we're there, one of the topics we're talking about today. Uh, Vic in Santa Cruz, you're up next on the Raiders mobile app. Go ahead. Hey, Brick. I love your passion, man. You know, I don't know if it's bad luck. It's just poor execution, man. And a few things I just want to quickly say. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I can't stand Jonathan Abram. He just is clueless. I, you know, he has hands of stone. You know, he makes just mistake after mistake. They had him inside the 10-yard line. He's going one way. The back's going the other way. You can't win with this guy, man. And you talk about the review in the tape today. This guy should be called out every single week. Comment two, I want to believe in McDaniels. But mm-hmm. as the last caller said, what did he do in the two years in Denver without the GOAT? What did he do with the then St. Louis Rams without the GOAT? Mac Jones last year, they got pummeled in the playoffs. I want to believe, but what is he done without the GOAT? And, and the third thing is, you know, Derek Carr just does enough to to bring you in, and then he doesn't get it done. Look at the last three games, yeah. the last four games. Cincinnati, 10-yard line. We can't get it done on first down. Four downs. The Chargers, he has the ball with three minutes to go. He throws that pass to Hunter Renfro. I don't blame Renfro for that. It was just choppy down the road there. And then why didn't he high point the ball to Waller towards the goalpost? JT, please. Please be honest with me. Answer the question. Can Derek Carr really get us a Lombardi trophy? And if so, tell me why. Because last thing is, I got a six-year-old boy, man. Time is my most precious resource. I have watched every game since 1981. I'm so tired of this, JT. I'm tired of feeling this way. Yep, thanks for the call. That's a classic example of the aftermath. Exercising your demons through me. Right, You come to me, I don't have the answers, I just give you my opinion, but we're exercising demons for a six-year-old. Look, the high point pass to Waller, it got tipped by a linebacker, you're damn right. Waller is a basketball player, throw that ball a little bit higher, Waller catches it, it's a touch pass. It's a touch pass. And McDaniels comes from a culture of winning where they do everything right, seven days a week, not just the game. And that's what I'm into with him and Dave. I think they have the culture and the ability to get it right, but they got to win a game, and that game's got to come up against the Broncos.